I'm James Witt, someone who passes as a guy with loads of motivation and follow through. But here's the truth. No amount of intrinsic motivation is ever enough to nudge me into action. There's always someone else. Welcome to the backwards journey from action to the roots of inspiration. I still absorbed this message that like, if it's a hobby that I don't make money from, it's it's a immature use of my time. And I think many of us growing up in the world of capitalism absorbed that message. We've got to like resist a whole lot of capitalist messaging about the value of having art in our lives. People need teachers who are who are like, this is an important act of resistance. Today, I am with Serena Partridge. Serena is a musician, song leader, and educator in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The more I got to know Serena, the more I realized there is something super special going on here. I left this episode feeling motivated and encouraged, and I hope that that does the same thing for you. Enjoy the show. Yeah, my pleasure. I don't know if you remember how eloquently I introduced myself, but the the first words that ever came out of my mouth to you when we ever met were, I will follow you to the ends of the earth. And then after saying that, I realized <laughs> that was so creepy. Oh my God. I don't remember that. And I love that. But I already kind of knew of you in that creepy social media way, which is also creepy on my part. So just to counter, I was predisposed to really oh, dig good. That's great. That's great. Because sometimes um, I, I really do like vomit out truth heart thoughts from my face. Oh, yeah. And, and um, I'm, I like that. We met then like about a month or two ago. So I had just quit my entire career a week before and one of the reasons that i i needed to do that for myself because it was the probably the most effective way that i could try to untether myself from the performativity of trying to be successful enough to one day stop being scared of not being successful enough your harmony circle that's exactly what i needed and there's not even a concert at the end not even like a pretend concert i mean we have our non-cert but that's exactly why harmony circles? When did that happen? Well, thank you for that story. That was epic. I and I love a, a phrase that I just want to keep is like I'm not practicing for anything. Mm. I think that's like that's it. I I had a a really epic aha moment, and then I didn't act on it immediately. I've always loved to sing, and uh, but but very much internalized a message from everybody I know that like, that's a stupid <laughs> uh, task or hobby, like not gonna ever lead to um, a way to support yourself, which is the most important thing. Um, so I singing was always something I like did. It, I was in choirs as a kid and then in high school and then in college, I was in an acapella group, pretty embarrassing, but true. Um, but I didn't, I never studied music and, and sort of realized in college, I was like, wait, if you're not going to do that, do that as a profession, 
do you just not get to do it as an adult? And looking around, I was kind of like, that seems to be the case. Yeah. Um, adults, mature adults, let their artistic hobbies go if they conclude they're never going to make money from them. And I was like, well, that is depressing. <laughs> uh, but so I'm not going to totally adhere to that, but it does seem like that's how being a grown up works. Then I, I studied education and, and geology. So if you have any questions about rocks, that's what I majored in in college. And then I got a teaching license to teach like high school science, which I did. And then I was like, I can't deal with the rigidity of school life. So I left and I worked at a science museum. I did outdoor education. Geographically, where were you right now? Minnesota. I've been in Minnesota okay. for the last 20 years. And then I lived in Lanesboro for a little bit doing outdoor education stuff at an environmental learning center there. But then I was like, okay, I'm ready to go back to classroom teaching and bring all of this stuff that I've been doing in these alternative education settings to a classroom teaching job. And I got a job at a Waldorf school, which is a whole wacky, wonderful, weird world. Um, and at the Waldorf school, they were like, oh, do you like to sing? And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, sure. And they really wanted me to sing with my class, I was like, well, great news. I love to sing. I just haven't really done it for a long time. And then it was so much fun that, and I was learning on the way. So then I, they were like, well, would you be the, like the middle school choir director? And I was like, um, I could try. And then they were like, will you also lead singing before our faculty meetings? And I was like, well, I could try. And then all of these things were like going so well, as you know, singing is like the most efficient way to turn a group of people into like a family, a community, like we're all doing something really together that's vulnerable. And I, I sort of like thought that, but hadn't really seen that in that way. Um, so then I, they were like, well, will you lead singing before our parent evenings? If, um, and then they, they wanted me to go to teacher training. So I did, and that was so fun. And then the teacher training people were like, you're really good at leading singing. Will you lead like a music teacher training? And I was like, that's funny. Cause like I have no training. Um, but what I was trained in was using singing as a tool to bring non singers together in service of building community. And mm -hmm. I don't, I didn't quite see that at the time, but now I'm like, oh yeah, I, that's what I was getting trained in. Whether it was like a group of 13 year olds or mm -hmm. um, a group of math teachers that I'm like, hey, I'm gonna teach you uh, a song about um, uh, Al Jabber, the founder of algebra that I made up and we're gonna learn it together. And they're like, oh, Okay, but the function or, or the outcome that I want is not that we're practicing to sing, practicing to perform. It's like we're just forming a community and singing is a modality for doing that. And it's one that makes a lot of sense to me and that I've gotten 
good at facilitating. So whatever, I was like using singing in my teaching job in these different ways. Were, were things starting to shift in your marrying of like, I think, I think I might be in this like pivot towards a different direction. I think there's, there's a new hope in this way yet. Or were you kind of like, these opportunities keep falling in my lap. I'm going to just keep, just keep munching on them. I was more of the munching way at that time. I think I was so attached to my identity as a teacher oh, um, and like couldn't think beyond that, which then when I did think mm -hmm. beyond that was like a major life crisis and mm -hmm. opportunity. But at that time I was just like, nope, I'm just becoming like an even weirder teacher, like a teacher who does this and a teacher who does that, but it's all going into this job uh, was something I was really like, um, holding myself to. But then this is what happened. I heard of this organization called Village Harmony that runs, they run a lot of summer camps for teenagers that are focused on just singing, but they also do like summer camps for adults, um, like an immersive workshop in harmony singing in a specific place that has a really strong folk music tradition of harmony singing. So they do, and they're like two weeks long or something. You go to a place and you learn this music and then maybe you do some concerts around the place. So they do, they do these camps in Bulgaria and in the Republic of Georgia and South Africa and um, Sweden and Lithuania, going to places and connecting with musicians and teachers there who are like master singers of x tradition and then you sign up for these camps and you go and just like sing your brains out studying south african music um entirely immersive you're in this new culture staying in the same place with the people that you're singing with truly like summer camp for adults it's like summer camp for adults and i heard about this and i was like I have to go because oh, yeah. that sounds so fun. Like all I, I love singing. I could sing all day, all night, whatever. I love traveling. Um, and I'll bring back all this cool music that I can teach my classes, at, like kids maybe, or while well, I'm also now leading music at faculty meetings and the middle school choir and like whatever. So really bound to that identity as a teacher. Totally, totally. To your, to your question of like, am I like really planful? I'm like, no, I'm a, I'm a impulsive weirdo with decision-making. So I like, I signed up for a camp in Corsica and I was like, hell yeah, I'm going. Bet the music is gonna be great. I don't know what Corsican music is, but cool. And, and I also was like, oh, it's in Italy. Well, great news. I'm really fast at learning languages. I'm just gonna do Duolingo for the next three months until the camp starts and learn some Italian so I can talk to people because I love talking to people. So I did that, do my Duolingo. Have I like listened to any of the music samples on the camp description? No, I'm sure it's gonna be fine. And and um, I'm like, you know, speaking a little bit of Italian with the like strange vocabulary that Duolingo gives you. And then I, I'm flying there and I'm like, huh, everything's in French on this, 
airline and then but i'm in paris so that's normal and then you go to like wherever in italy and then the but everything was like still in french for this corsicair or whatever and then we got to corsica and it was like everything was in french and i was like wait a minute <laughs> it turns out corsica is not part of italy but rather France. Planful as I am about long-term decisions, that I completely relate. Here's this cool idea. That sounds great. I'm going to get there and then realize here's the list of things that I forgot to do because I didn't realize I should have ever done them. That's my, that's my way. So I studied the wrong language um, and knew no French and but but they also hate the French, so it's for the best anyways, because they're like the colonizers and they suck. So, but I got to Corsica, started learning this Corsican music. It's so beautiful and it's so different from any music that I'd ever sung before. Um, because, and this might not make a lot of sense, but it's like, uh, it's all three person music pretty much. Not like three parts, but three individual people oh. because it's, unmetered there's no time there's like a tune but it's a lot of improvising and what makes it work is that a trio of people is really listening to each other and one person is kind of leading the song it's it's a little bit like when you watch people who are really good at dancing uh -huh. um like partner dancing and they clearly have a form that I could learn, but all the stuff that makes it an art is like, whoa. Oh. They're just communicating with each oh. other. Wow. And we had these teachers who would say these super deep things about like, like one of the teachers was like, well, the mark of a really, really good lead singer is that you can't tell they're leading because the way they're leading is to try to make it look like everybody else is leading hmm. and like the mark of a really great singer is that they're trying to make their fellow singers sound better than them that's mm -hmm. like that's the point and like what the point of singing a beautiful song is to honor the song that's the most important thing and all this stuff that you know i've done so much singing in my life but i'd never encountered people thinking about singing as if it's in service of something other than singing even studying it in school that wasn't put forward as one of the primary i don't think so you know like being i was in lots of choirs and stuff and even because i'm a huge nerd like these competitive choirs like you audition to be in the massachusetts all state choir woo 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 and the the purpose as i understood it was like um precision like let's make something that is perfect together and that's beautiful and it is beautiful like i like that activity but it wasn't like let's make something together that's a reflection of who we are as individuals and mm -hmm. is that going to be imperfect mm -hmm. of course because that's who we are it was, I felt like my, my education in choral music growing up was like the highest thing we can do is sort of disappear as individuals and be this like 
new being called the choir mm. that everyone breathes at the same time and every like and and you know there was always one person in every choir concert who would faint because they lock their knees. I remember that so clearly. It's kind of dramatizing. Like, oh my gosh, is that what happens? Yeah, and the riser's kind of high up. Yeah. Anyways, like all these places now that I've gotten to travel and study harmony singing, it would be impossible for someone to faint while singing because they're like so rigid and locked and afraid. And it's, ah, because your body is a part of the music mm -hmm. it's it's such a like white european value to be like whole all your body's needs need to disappear right now and i don't want to know who you are as an individual and i don't want your voice to stick out and i don't want to think about how you have to breathe you shouldn't have to breathe that's messed up like it's so deep and everywhere else in the world that i've done singing it's like the singing is in service of how we show up in the world, who we actually are, what we actually care about, how we actually feel. Like, is that what informs your song lyrics? Because your lyrics actually, like, sometimes I read your lyrics and I wonder, does she already believe this? Because they're very, they're very hopeful about humanity. And and I'm naturally pretty optimistic. You're optimism for humanity up levels my optimism and i've wondered is, is this a belief you already have or is this are you willing yourself into belief in writing this song totally i mean i think both i i am i am very optimistic um and uh the world is pretty heartbreaking um and hope crushing also um so i need i need ways to help myself remember my own optimism i guess is how it feels mm. like i do i do that's who i am at my core and i need to be reminded of that like 30 to 40 times a day mm. um even though it's what i feel <laughs> that's well that's a it's a very shrewd strategy then you've you've figured out how to actually organize chorus groups of people to sing your hope back into your ears then when sometimes that you're feeling depleted. Yeah, it's you should really get a choir of acolytes to yeah. remind you of your own values. Let <laughs> me tell you. But so I went to this camp thinking like, oh, I'm gonna really add to my choir curriculum with this camp. And instead it was like blew my mind open to see a a culture where everybody sings in harmony. It, like performance is not the primary goal. And some people are professional musicians and and perform, but actually the participatory part was felt to me at least in Corsica, like that was more the point, was like singing to connect with each other and singing harmony to connect with each other as a way to like listen and play and create. Um, and it was like, yeah, some people were amazing singers, but everybody else also sang. Like, I didn't meet a single person who didn't sing in Corsica, who was Corsican. Huh. Uh, which isn't to say that everybody was an incredible singer, but I was like, wait a minute. If everybody in this island can sing, that means everybody in my community 
can sing. So mm -hmm. like, what's in the way? So that that question of what's in the way of us singing together in service of community building and like in service of expressing the highs and lows of life in service of feeling hopeful in service of um grieving together like what's in the way what's in the way uh that question just got really big in in my mind and it in a few years i was like that question is more important to me than my identity as an elementary school teacher mm. uh, which was a slow and then fast change where i was like I gotta, I gotta go with this question. And be, because I was like, well, what's in the way is uh, we live in this really fractured country. We don't have a common vocabulary of songs. What, like, what would that even be? Um, are we gonna just appropriate someone else's songs? Please, no. Are we all gonna go back to our ancestral songs? Well, that would be cool, but not all of us even really know what those are or where to look, or it might not be possible for everybody. One thing that I felt was in the way mm. was, I don't know what the songs are that are simple harmony songs to help people practice harmony singing and listening mm. in a non-intimidating way, mm. but that, but I, but but that also aren't like cheesy and terrible and make you want to hurl and are like love and light like no 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 i can't i can't um so i was like i don't know what those songs are so why don't i try to write some songs for for the purpose of having people practice singing in harmony in a fun accessible but a little bit challenging way with words that are like a message that I feel is worth spending time with. And I think what's what's even more in the way than like what's our shared song vocabulary is like most people in the USA, especially white people that I've met, have had some experience of being told explicitly or not um, that their their voice is bad um or like they're not a singer you shouldn't sing and no one ever told me that but kind of absorbed that message so i think what's in the way of us singing together is we've got to like resist a whole lot of capitalist messaging about the value of having art in our lives and that stuff is like really hard to push back on. And the voice is so vulnerable. So I, I felt like, oh, what's in the way is like a teacher, people need teachers who are, who are like gonna give them the message that like, this is an important act of resistance against all that stuff that you do think is bullshit, but like is in you anyways your story about the Cors Corsicans. I've never used this word. I've never even heard this word. Corsica, Corsican. That's right. Yes. So you're talking about the people who are native to Corsica, not the French colonizers and, and in that setting. But what about in these other settings where you've seen singing together as, as the, the stitching? 
Totally. Well, the places that I've been to study singing, to study harmony singing specifically, because not every folk music um, tradition really is obsessed with harmony singing. So the places that I've gone, singing has been a huge tool in resisting colonization, assimilation, language loss. I don't know if that is like a causal thing or a correlation, but um, I've been I've been to the Republic of Georgia, where Georgian people who have been like super oppressed, uh, mostly by um, the Russian government, uh, and have been like had had their language outlawed and their music outlawed. Um, that their harmony singing has been a tool of resistance uh, mm -hmm. for for centuries and still is. So that's like very, I guess you would say, indigenous to Georgia, the music, the language. I would say the same is true in Basque country, which is in Spain, but they don't consider themselves part of Spain. That also harmony singing, those, those songs were outlawed under the Franco regime in the 1930s. Um, the language, Basque language was outlawed, but it was kept alive. And now like the harmony singing tradition is like resurging with a lot of power and pride. I went to um, South Africa this last summer and very much harmony singing has been uh, a part of resistance movements there, a hugely powerful tool in protests um against apartheid and the the continuing like oppression that is still present in like apartheid is over but mm. just like in this country the segregation and economic disparities are like staggeringly present um and harmony singing is is still a like language reclamation and preservation tool. There's so many places where people sing that I haven't been, but the, the places that I have been to study music, it's like, oh, harmony singing is a tool of the resistance in all of these places and a way that people have kept their cultures alive through terrible times. Why, why is that? What's so powerful about harmony singing? And that's one of the things that's really inspired me. Like, well, my people need to be singing in harmony because we also live in an oppressive system. So I don't, if this is a tool for the resistance, we need that tool, <laughs> you know? Yeah, oh, I'm so struck by you mentioning earlier just how like the the sort of the white Western chorus wants you to disappear yourself into the background and become important only once you're once you're nobody in this like wall of sound. Well, I was just connected to that, especially being in South Africa. You know, I love to chat with people always. Mm -hmm. And I was, we had a concert, then there was a little break in the concert and I was just walking around the village and saw someone and I was like, oh, you know, I'm here doing this singing thing. And like, do you like to sing? And this lady looked at me like with such concern. She was like, what do you mean? And I was like, do, did I say something really weird? I don't know. I was like, do you, 
la 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 do you like to sing and she was like well of course i like to sing do you like to eat and i was like yeah and she was like that's a really weird question <laughs> that would be a fun experiment to do locally i would i don't think people would respond with of course i like to sing i think people would be scared and another thing that happened at that same concert is uh, a kind of about this invisibilizing thing oh yeah that's what i actually meant to say was um part of that disappear into the choir value is that like also the way that music works is you're either like performing mm -hmm. producing or mm -hmm. like quietly listening receiving those mm -hmm. are like the okay roles and being in south africa i was like wow it is so different like ev there's no wall between um the giving and receiving of music because actually that's the same activity so we would be at these concerts singing a song and i think out of maybe out of a, like this is the this is the way they like would let us get through the first verse or something and then everyone would stand up and sing along that was like respectful and like showing that you love the music and you're really feeling it and inevitably someone would have brought like a drum and they like everyone at these concerts was a sick musician because everybody sings so then all of a sudden like the choir is 200 people bigger because everybody is singing with us and then often we would do these concerts where we were one choir and there were other choirs as well so then we would be sitting in the audience sometimes listening to another choir and we were mostly a group of american people many white people and many white people had who had absorbed that that value of like oh being a good audience member means like sit still listen quietly smile clap at the end um and someone in one of the other choirs like leaned over to me and was like is she okay like pointing at someone in our, our group who was like sitting down politely and like behaving like a normal audience member by like boring choir concert standards yeah. but this person she was like does she have covid like what's wrong with her? is she okay i was like oh no she's just like listening and she was like are you sure <laughs> so just like that invisibilizing of self i think mm. we've absorbed it in lots of different directions like which cuts us off from being in the music mm -hmm. when we're singing but also from being in the music when we're listening um, and it was just really interesting to see like, oh, that's a, that's a subjective learned cultural practice mm -hmm. of yeah. how we relate to music that like also disappears the self. Spend a lot of time thinking about um, what it's like to be, to be like present with who you actually are versus what seems to be permitted by society. I went on a silent retreat in mm. October and it's noble silence throughout, which I had never been silent with other people. I do a lot of like camping alone and that type of thing, but to be silent with other people with intention, mm -hmm. I realized the times that I felt compelled to say something were all 
essentially apologizing for speaking into the space saying this guy's needs need to be met his stomach is gurgling he's hungry oh my god interrupted <laughs> the space with the sounds of my body having its needs saying mm. that or being met essentially apologizing for my presence into the space mm -hmm. and and then I started thinking about how many times like we learn to do that. The quantity of apologies that that might be warranted in a space is really skewed to people apologizing for being beans in the space, as opposed to maybe totally. how they're manipulating their use of being beans in that space. I'm curious if you had to, if you lost it all and you could choose to keep only one, you can sing harmony yourself, you can teach harmony, or you can write harmony. If you could only choose one of those, what would you, what would you keep? I would sing. You would sing? Absolutely. Hmm. Why would you choose the singing over the, the teaching? Because it's, I think it's the best use of my body. And it's so fun. Singing is so fun. Uh, just to go back to something that you said earlier of like, how do you, you must have felt that you mattered at some point. Yeah. Um, not to get too deep and dark, but like I had a really intense um, near death experience when I was 18. Mm -hmm. And I think I came out of that being like, like I, I've been gifted my life. Mm -hmm. I should enjoy it for God's sake. Like I should enjoy it in and not harm others or harm the planet. But like, I don't think the world benefits from us not enjoying what is enjoyable to us. And I'm so grateful to be alive. Mm. What do I love to do more than anything else? I love to sing. Mm. Is it harming people? I don't think so. So I wanna sing. And I do think that if I couldn't teach harmony, still people would see like, wow, that person is really like just enjoying singing. Hmm. May, that's that's an interesting model. Like most people in the world probably create stories about other people before actually asking what their story is. And I had created a story in my mind about you, which was that uh, you loved singing. You had wanted to do this your whole life. I had like gone so far as to like imagine in my, my mind, like she's probably like a kid who had a really good voice and wanted to be a singer. And then probably, I bet somebody was like, you can't sing. And she was like, watch me, I'm going to sing. And, and <laughs> like move to Powderhorn because in Powderhorn artists are prioritized. And, and so she's been fighting the good fight to like get singing into the world. And so I, excited that I got it all wrong, which I was hoping that I would. Um, <laughs> but what I didn't expect to hear was that you had such a stronghold on your identity as something other than a singer. Because I mean, I'm with you in these spaces. And it's so clear. There's it, like, yeah, you have a good voice. Like you have a very good voice. That's really clear. Lots of people have really good voices. And also lots of other people are able to sing music. But you are able to bring love into the space in and I wish that I had a better word for it than love. Cause I feel like people will hear that and be like, oh my gosh, this guy and this love, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, uh, but really like there's, there's something that, that feels very unifying about being in the space that is so simple and pure that, and I've heard other people say it too, in our reflections of just like, this feels pure, like being a child again. And to me, it's so clear this is where you belong. Yeah, I can see how your teaching skills matter in the space and you're able to 
allow people to have just the right amount of time of like giggling and side talking and then bringing it all back in but without discipline like you're clearly using some teacher magic but you belong in this space you belong not just like singing your your music but getting other people to sing with you i i find it so powerful even though like the way that you write music in fact i was singing your music all day yesterday as I was working on a different project, just to the point that by the middle of the day, I realized, oh, I'm going hoarse. I'm like actually not gonna be able to talk tomorrow <laughs> to Serena because I was singing Serena songs for too many hours in a row. So anyway, so, but it gets in your head. And then you start to, if, if you're me, then you start to notice, oh, this 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 line is in my head all of the time. This This idea, for example, of planting seeds. How am I planting seeds in myself mm. and also in the lives of the other people around me? It mm. it put me in a mindset this week to then go back and like look at my life values again to see do my life values actually line up with what sort of like magic in this prairie I want to bloom in a few years? If not, then how do I reevaluate? How do I create some first principles that get me to doing that? The power of music is just so strong. So all of that to say, let's rewind mm. if 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 we can back to that identity crunch. And I think that's really important because that's where I really think this like nudge to follow happens. So many people get stuck in some version of tied to an identity or so tied to fear about what it would be like on the other side. Mm -hmm. It might just be helpful even for me to hear like, what were the stories that you were telling yourself when you were held to that identity? Yeah, I think I, I was starting to know that being a teacher for me was like I had to choose between focusing on creating my own art like I was starting to want to really write music but I had no time for that and all my creative energy was going to school so I was like I have to choose between making this art that doesn't exist yet but I feel like it could or staying in this work that's very like urgent and real I, I think a story was my value is is really rooted in sacrifice yes i am personally sacrificing the fun or joy or fulfillment of like doing my art and that's important like that's why i have worth is because i'm making this sacrifice to be a teacher and, and the, the way that i kind of eventually was able to push back on that story was through a lot of social justice stuff I was doing about race and white supremacy and like learning like, oh, a piece of how this all this white supremacy stuff is upheld internally is this this like the white martyr archetype of like self-sacrificing and like I, I don't I'm I'm not pursuing my dreams for the greater good but all of the stuff that's like connected to that around not bringing your gifts into the world avoiding what is like unknown and challenging but might be like your purpose mm -hmm. i was like hey serena like who do you think is benefiting so much from you sacrificing what you actually want to do do you think you're like the world's best second grade teacher that and if you disappear everything in this school is going to fall apart. And I, and I had to get kind of real with myself and be like, I both matter more and less than I think. Mm. I'm going to leave this school 
and the kids are going to be fine. I'm not the center of everybody's life, but I should, I could be the center of my own life. When I, when I decided to leave teaching, yeah, some people were pissed at me, but like not that many. <laughs> For the most part, it's like life goes on. I matter less than I think. And life goes on like I have work to do in this world. And it takes us a while to figure out what that is. And it takes a, like life experiences pushing us along the way to figure out uh, what that is. And I needed to be a teacher for a while. I learned so much about group facilitation and like the joy of kids who I love so much. You know, I was sort of putting so much effort into creating an environment where kids could thrive and like adults deserve that too and need that also hey you're gonna go out into the world and like who's gonna create that beautiful environment for you as a grown-up we're gonna have to create it for each other let's go i wish i wish someone would hire me to lead adult recess Honestly, like I've, I've had that like written on a note yes. hanging above my desk. And there's actually a lot of evidence that shows that adults just need to play. And yeah. let's go up in companies when adults get time to play. What was your liftoff point? Was it Corsica? Was in the movement to go to that camp in Corsica? Was that your liftoff? Well, I had a false, a false one of, uh, I finally left my teaching job and mm -hmm. was like, I'm going to be a musician. Let's go. And um, started a community choir. Not that many people were coming to it. Whatever. I was like, okay, this is going to need to grow. We can, we can try. And then it was a pandemic. That was the year. And I was like, I don't actually know if people are ever going to get together in wow. a group and sing again. Wow. Right as you finally went all in and were like, I believe in myself. I believe in this. Let's do it. I'm going to give up my safe career. This has been difficult. I've been tied to that identity. I'm going to loosen that identity. I'm going to do this thing. And then the pandemic happened. Yeah. Ah, what? Ah, my dreams died. Oh what? my gosh. And I went back to teaching for two more years. Okay. But I was like, is the, is this, are are we gonna ever sing again? I don't know. Mm. But then what surprised me, and mm. this was at, I think my actual liftoff point to the path I'm on right now, okay. was that COVID, George Floyd, the uprising, this huge encampment in Powderhorn Park. There, it was like all of the systems of of the world were falling apart. Yeah. Some for the good some mm. for the less good but many like it was like oh it turns out overnight everything can change wow in these times of fear loneliness death mm -hmm. grief uncertainty people really wanted to sing together so what but we couldn't because it was covid and you can't mm. sing but what happened was in my neighborhood people asked me, they were like, hey, Serena, you were like trying to kind of do some community singing, leading stuff, right? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that dream is dead. And they were like, well, would you lead like a nightly sing-along on our block? Everyone's like, if we all stand six feet apart, 
because we're like so lonely and cooped up in our houses and it's really depressing and we should sing. And I was like, well, okay, that was really fun. And so then I was like, well, I'm going to lead other, like an, another monthly outdoor sing in the park. People can stand far apart, but like, we've got to sing together. And I, people started asking me like, oh, will you lead singing at this protest? Like, we like we're doing a thing up at the line three pipeline come lead some singing and i just started getting asked more and more to step into song leading because i'd uh, like baby steps started it before and i think that coming out of the like deep lockdown lots of people myself included had like this renewed clarity that like when all the structures for how we cope with our fear and loneliness are stripped away. Like we can't go to the gym. We can't go to the movies. We can't insert whatever thing you fill the void with. Uh, like we can't do that. If we can't do that, well, we still have our voices and we really wanna like be together. So like those, those videos from early pandemic days of like the people in Italy, like singing from their balconies, you know, I was like, oh my God, at at a like really deep level that's that's what we need well i'm just realizing that that happened to me and i knew that but i hadn't localized that knowing so clearly and, and i'm realizing i don't think our paths would have crossed had i not developed just this like insatiable desire to sing with other people which happened during the pandemic and i'm not someone who so i was raised in a very fundamentalist christian church and it was good until it was suddenly very much not good mm. and for about 17 years it was super super not good and so i was completely like i have to stay so far away from all of that i remembered how good it felt to mm -hmm. be in community with people who at least like claimed some sort of like shared something that was what i'm gonna link around kindness there was at least the the like the, the claim of that and then singing songs related to it and so uh, a friend put together a spotify playlist that that they named hymnaculate contraception because we both kind of were like oh, we like kind of miss these songs but like oh we're not quite ready to like get back into it but compiled this whole list and so i would play it on the background um meanwhile like no no belief no like is sort of engagement and he's kind of a religious community but loved singing it and felt good and was like i, I want to sing with other people though oh, yeah where am i going to find people who sing like this and you know a whole series of domino events that fell forward i eventually was able to find a really queer affirming community and via chelsea who i found on a queer affirming dating app and and then Chelsea is how I know you. And so it's it's just so interesting that that like even in this own other world, you're right. I hadn't realized that singing was something that like I innately wanted. Like there was something in my body that needed to hold the world in that way that happens mm -hmm. when, when you do that together. And I think a lot of people came through the deepest parts of the pandemic with that new conviction. And for many of them, it was like, connected with faith in a in the sense of like wow these times of deep fear make me really need to remember i'm a part of something bigger and my faith institution was really harmful for me but the one thing i liked was singing together and that i miss that so badly i hear that from a lot of people mm. who join 
song circles with me is like, I am not going back to this church that I grew up in, but I loved having a place where every week I sang with a big group of people and that connected me to something spiritual. And I miss that. I think I, I feel this in Minneapolis and maybe globally as well, or at least in the USA, uh, how, how COVID has played out here. There's like a thousand song circles mm. now that there weren't three years ago, four years ago. And I think that's like the pandemic clarified for many of us how essential it is to feel woven into community and like that your voice has a place in the world and a place a place for us to practice the experience of my individual voice matters and I'm a part of something bigger than myself. And if I pause and like take a breath and step into the middle of the circle and just listen, the song keeps going without me. I both matter more and mm. less than mm. I thought. And mm. I think community singing is is a place where we can feel that without having to think about it too much or get hit over the head with it. But it's a really powerful, simple, profound place to experience like, oh, that is true. My individual voice really does matter. And it's also really true that I'm a part of something bigger and I'm not in charge mm. of everybody else, mm. you know? But what started all of this is I my original idea was, what if I just talked to people who started something in the pandemic? Um, because for for me, so many really wonderful things I didn't realize I had started, I started in the pandemic be, out of sheer desperation. And they grew into this thing that has become increasingly beautiful that now I can see, oh, this is starting to unfold. It would not have unfolded had I not planted the seed then. But mm -hmm. I wasn't exactly sure how to do that in a way that that wouldn't make it seem like I was trying to glorify a really horrible experience and period of time for a whole lot of other people. But I, I, I do think there's power to find that sliver of what, what was the good that happened even in the midst of this. Because if we can remember, even when it's across the world, it's horrible, there, there could still be something that is going to grow later on from this. I think it's important to have that, yeah. that memory. It's like crisis is just so clarifying. Mm -hmm. I I only started writing songs during the pandemic because I had so much uh, time at home. Mm. And and because people kept asking me to lead singing at things and I was like, I don't know what song I should do. Like, mm. I think I'll make, I'll try to make a new one. <laughs> so, yeah. but I just, I think the pandemic was so truth revealing and it's depressing how much many things in the world feel like they've gone back to covering up that yeah. truth that was revealed. But mm. I think it was really, um, for me, a clarifying time. Do you remember who said, hey, Serena, would you consider leading this group? It was my neighbor, my neighbor, Cheka, who was like, hey, will you will you like get us singing together in my backyard? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, just so we're clear. And she was like, that's fine. Me neither. Thank you, Cheka, for getting out and saying something. But like, what a difference it can do when you're like, I think I want to say this thing to this person. Should I do that? Do they really want to hear that compliment? 
happy. I'm so glad that that Cheka just did and then came over and made that request of you. It feels so good when you like think you have a gift to give the world, but you're weighed down by shame and all of the things to just be asked, Mm. hey, would you use the gifts that you have? Like, what more do we want Mm. as squishy little beings than to be asked to show up? Oh, thank you so, so much, Serena. This was wonderful. How how can other people start their journey of following you to the ends of the earth? Your journey begins today. I have a website, which is just my name.com. That's a good way to keep track of what I'm up to and lots of offerings coming up, all kinds of everything. I'll be gone for a chunk of March because one of the groups that I write music with is a trio and we got a residency together in Acadia National Park. We're we're writing a musical together. It's kind of an insane project. So Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's like my dream just to like real life. Let's just walk into a scene like it's the co-op or at the grocery store and it's a real musical. I support that vision. Well, I'll see you next week. Well, thanks for a really lovely conversation. Thanks for doing harmony circles and for giving me the courage to do things that help me remember that I don't matter as much (laughs) because I matter in other ways. That's right. Maybe a thought for yourself or a a feeling of this experience. What's something you do want to keep burning bright? And we can sing, we can sing to them. We are, we are the light. We are the light. SerenaPartridge.com, S-A-R-I-N-A-P-A-T-R-I-D-G-E.com. And that's where you can also purchase her album, Songs to Reroute and Remember. Thanks again for being on the show. We are the light. We are the light. Why is it so transcendent? Yeah. I think it's it's worth thinking about. Like, why does it feel... So grounding, connecting, like every individual voice matters, and we're a part of something way bigger. If you stop and take a breath, the song goes on. Like, wow, this is this activity that we have access to, to remember some really profound things, but the activity itself is just so simple. So I love that this has become a sort of time-marking ritual of just gathering to sing together. Maybe there's maybe there's food, that's cool, but the magic is just being together and singing in harmony, and I think that's um, pretty radical, actually, that it shifts the fabric of the universe in some subtle but really important ways to just get together and, and sing in harmony. And not it's not easy harmony. You all are singing a lot of things that require a lot of your attention with your whole body. Um, and doesn't that feel so good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's pretty vulnerable too. Um, so just to name that, singing in a group of people in harmony, is, it's really vulnerable. And we need vulnerable activities to um, practice learning in public.